Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bundesliga show brought to you by Over the Bar with your hosts for, for one last time, well this season anyway, uh, myself Rory Petrie and of course Mark Broadhurst over in Nuremberg. Um, yeah, welcome to the final um, season review, our, our um, regular Bundesliga um, show that is of the season. Um, it's been an amazing season and it's come to a climax over the weekend. Um, where we still had um, relegation battle to decide, uh, Europa Conference League place up for grabs, and of course the, uh, the certain um, uh, record, goal scoring record of Gert Muller to break, of course, which we'll get into in due course. But yeah, really exciting weekend again. I mean, goals everywhere in that in that second half um, Saturday <laughs> afternoon. I, I was struggling to keep up. My phone was going. <laughs> absolutely crackers i mean my accumulator was terrible um <laughs> but, but yeah either way around cracking weekend and um me and mark look forward to going through it now with, with you guys for one last time um so uh, as you'll be aware if you watched the show last week um mark did uh, the very last uh, mystery anagram of the week uh, sorry of the, of the season um so mark will just go through the answer of last week because i think we got um a correct answer on that and then we'll run through into the the scores of the weekend and then straight into the featured four so mark over to you yeah i just can't believe we're here rory i mean we're at the end of the season we started what i mean the preview was the first week in september i think and we're already here yeah i mean it, it's been a great uh, first season here at the bundesliga show and we hope to uh yeah and recently we just hit 200 subscribers as well so yeah nice little mini landmark but we hope to go a lot further of course <laughs> Okay, so yeah, obviously the last Mark's Mystery Anagram of the year. I gave you a really, really tough one this week, which was, last week I should say, which was indeed Jest Rest Jury. But I'm, I'm delighted to say we did get a correct answer. And yeah, it was one of our regulars. It was Ian Banthorpe, one of our favourite regulars. You've been with us for almost most of the season, so thanks for your continued support. And for those of you that were playing along on the podcast, it was indeed Mainz's defender, Jerry St. Just. So yeah, well done, Ian. I'm going to stick your name on the bottom of the screen just one last time. Yeah, you're well known for being good at anagrams. So, yeah, you've got one more there to add to your impressive collection for this season. Let's see how you get on next season with the anagrams. So, yeah, swiftly on to the results from what was, as Rory said, specifically in the second half. In the first half, I was like, what's going on? You know, this is boring. Yeah. But in the second half, I don't know what happened. Like, I would say at least 80, 85% of the goals were in the second half this weekend. So as you can see, uh, Dortmund with an entertaining 3-1 win over Leverkusen. Um, Frankfurt getting a 3-1 win over Freiburg. We said that they might finish on a win and they did. And then Cologne got that big win that they needed over Schalke 1-0. Hoffenheim finishing on a win with a 2-1 win over Hertha Berlin. Union with a last-minute win over Leipzig to cement their conference league place. What an achievement. Also, good to see a few fans in the stadium in Berlin as well for this game. Uh, then, obviously, Bielefeld with a famous historic 2-0 win over fellow promoted side this year, Stuttgart. 
Um, yeah, obviously Gladbach smashing Werder Bremen 4-2 in the biggest match of Werder's recent history, but summing up Werder's uh, last few years, I guess, there. Then Mainz finishing a brilliant run under Bolsvensen with a 3-2 win at Champions League qualifiers at Wolfsburg. And then Bayern with a big, I said there could be goals in this game, didn't I? And there were, it was a 5-2 win for Bayern over Bavarian rivals Augsburg. So yeah, so let's um, swiftly move on to the featured four. I mean, we could have picked a lot of games this weekend, but I think we had to stick with the big games, which were indeed the games at the bottom and also the games for the Conference League qualification. So let's start with probably, I mean, the most important game of the weekend. It was Werder losing 4-2 at home to Gladbach. I mean, just, just to give you the story of this one, guys, you remember that obviously Cologne started the place in the bottom three, in the bottom two, Werder were third from bottom. If if Cologne got the win and Werder didn't win, then they will be relegated to the Zweite Bundesliga. And that is indeed what happened. For me, it, it was just a disaster, to be honest with you, this one for Werder. I mean, obviously... Probably the big moment after Gladbach got the goal quite early on through Lars Stindl was uh, it was the miss from David Selke. You know, I mean, for me, what a shocking season he's had at the end of the day. You know, like, I mean, he scored three goals despite playing every single Bundesliga goal game from the up front. And he missed pretty much an open net, let's be honest. I mean, Josh Sargent squared it to him. Josh Sargent, one of few Werder players who can really take any credit from this season for me. Not the most clinical, but he has put in some good performance. But I mean, Selke with the whole goal to aim at. But admittedly, it's still a great save from the Gladbach keeper. Give him credit for that. But I mean, what a miss, Rory. You, you can't be doing that in a game like this. Uh, no, you can't. Uh, that, <laughs> that pretty much, yeah, sort of summed up. Um, the the game that Verda put put on uh, in that particular ninety minute um, spell of action uh, and yeah obviously almost the last two seasons um, it's been very unimpressive um, from start to finish um, yeah. obviously we had a, a Verda I think it was actually our first ever guest on yeah. a Verda fan and things are actually not rosy but they're actually okay at the time. Um, so yeah, obviously things have have gone to pot since then. Obviously the the fall from grace, um, the final third of the season has been an absolute disgrace from from them. Really, um, they've just not showed up. Um, not not scored enough goals. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't think Gladbach would end up scoring four because uh, Verder's defense has been far, you know, far and away not their worst attribute really. Um, like the likes of Top Rack, an experienced veteran of the game, and you know, he's a fairly decent defender all in all. You should be able to lead lead the line well, but um, yeah, it, uh, going down early on is not good for the confidence. And yeah, they should have been back in it um, straight away because of the Selke um, chance. But obviously, that flurry of goals in the second half, um, Charam showing some some. Um, well, a nice bit of play actually to to get himself sent through on goal. He actually did. He scored a similar goal in the first half. It was chalked off for offside uh, correctly. Yeah. Uh, Benside Baini's header, um, poor positioning actually from the keeper Pav Pavlenka was in the middle of the box basically. I don't know, don't know if he's trying to. I think he's trying to read the cross and think he might come out and punch it, but. 
He's ended up getting lobbed um, by a flicked-on header, which is quite unimpressive. Uh, and then the fourth is a um, Florian Neuhaus being in the right place at the right time and coolly tapped home. I mean, fair play for them to actually get a couple of goals in the end. Um, it's a shame they didn't try to get these goals beforehand. Full Krug's goal was actually a nice finish, uh, curled it in inside the area. Um, it's a shame his season didn't really uh, get off the ground either, um, considering he scored a hat-trick early on, didn't he? Um, so that, that was also <laughs> as good as it was going to get. Um, but yeah, oh, I mean, from Verda's point of view, yeah, disaster, horrible for them to go into the Slater Bundesliga. Um, but, I mean, looking at the squads, it's hard to say if he'll get cherry-picked like cherry picked apart. Obviously, we mentioned Sargent might, someone might come in for him. Maybe Rashica has showed glimpses of, of, you know, talent. But other than that, are a lot of the teams going to come in for that squad? So it might stay together and give them a better chance of coming straight back up next season. Uh, obviously, we shall see. Uh, but yeah, poor season. Um, you know, obviously, Kofeld was in charge of it for large proportions. And as you mentioned, Mark, you weren't a huge fan of his, were you? Um, Not at all. Uh, <laughs> he just, yeah, he seemed like a character who had just been meandering through, and and they probably thought they'd be okay to keep him until the end of the season and get away with it. Lo and behold, that didn't happen, and they've been punished as a result. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a shame for Werder, because obviously they're a huge team. Losing Schalke and Werder in one season for the Bundesliga mm. isn't necessarily a good thing. Um, but I think I remember saying to you, Mark, that it's mm. also good seeing some different yeah. teams in, in the Bundesliga as well, which we'll see, um, of course, um, next season. But... From Gladbach's point of view, good win wasn't enough, obviously, in the end because of Union's results, so they won't have Europe next season. Might be a good thing for Gladbach. Feels feels like a bit of a rebuilding uh, rebuilding job. Um, so whoever comes um, comes into the job, Adi Huta, uh, will just be able to concentrate on the Bundesliga, have a bit of a run in the cup, and maybe uh, build with that young squad. But uh, entertaining game and obviously had huge implications at both ends. Yeah, I totally agree with you, uh, Rory, on the fact that like the people of Bremen deserve better than that rubbish that was served up in the last 10 games at the end of the day. You know, it's just, I mean, this is one of the big, for me, one of the big six, seven teams in the Bundesliga. You know, I mean, I've been reading a lot of the history of Werder Bremen in recent weeks. There's been a lot of talk about that. This is a side that won a lot of titles in recent years. You know, they won two titles in the 90s. They won one in 2004 as well. They were German champions. They got to a Europa League final as recently as 2009. I mean, that, that bunch of players have got to look at themselves hard in the mirror because that was not good enough what they've served up the last two years. <laughs> like they were they were garbage last year, only getting 31 points. They've turned out the same number this year as well and deservedly have been relegated. At the end of the day, it's not a great side, but they still should have been able to finish it above a couple of teams that they didn't. Like you like obviously Bielefeld, which we'll come on to later. They have what they lack in quality, they do have some experience in that side. As you say, the likes of Omer Top Rack, who, to be honest, I thought before the last five or six games, he did have a good season, to be fair. Moisander is another solid. For me, Moisander and Top Rack are the ones that are probably the most likely to get cherry-picked. You know, Gabri Selassie, I always quite liked him. He always yeah. looked really a little bit too good at wing-back to play for them. The problem is, I mean, you got the likes of, I mean, M. Bomb has just done nothing all season. Selke, I mean, for me, if you're talking about worst players of the whole season i mean he's got to be 
it really to be honest three goals started most games as your number nine striker it's just absolutely trash on so many levels you know you've got obviously Eggerstein is like a bit of a he's a real kind of stalwart I think he's played his whole career at the club I mean, he can't really be blamed too much. I mean, you've got to question, where was Kevin Mervald in this game? Because he's another player that's got a lot of experience. And, I mean, obviously, Romano Schmid coming in to replace him, and a player that didn't really convince me from what I've seen of him this season. It's just not good enough at the end of the day. There aside, you know, if, if, I had to, if someone asked me the question, who's going to come up next year, I wouldn't have Werder Bremen in the top. To, to be honest with you. I would say Hamburg and Schalke have probably got more chance than them, I think, Stan, because Schalke obviously got a younger team with more hungry players who they can probably bring through. This yeah. this Werder side is an ageing side at the end of the day. They've got a lot of players over 30, a lot of players like Bittencourt. I mean, where's he been all season, you know? Yeah. Big question marks asked about him. He's going to be the kind of guy that's knocking on the door saying, I want to move now, but I don't think anyone else in the Bundesliga is going to touch him at the minute. So I can see him ending up getting dragged down to the fighter Bundesliga. I mean, whether he's going to put the effort in is a big question. Do you know what I mean? But whoever takes that job now at Werder is going to have a big job on their hands. They don't have much money at all as a result of the pandemic. I mean, it's hard times to be a Werder fan. I hope the best for them, but it's going to be tough. Okay, so moving on to the team that obviously in the end relegated Werder Bremen, which was FC Cologne. I mean, this was a game where it was just chance after chance after chance for FC Cologne. Money. It looked like it was going to be one of those days, didn't it? especially when obviously Ingvartsen got the goal disallowed for a very, very narrow offside. But then just as things looked too late, sorry, Anderson got the goal disallowed. Yes. Just as it looked so it was going to be too late. I mean, you ask for bottle in these situations, don't you? And that was what was shown by Sebastian uh, Bernalve rising at the far post to smash ahead header past the goalkeeper and keep Cologne, at least for now. Obviously, they're not completely safe because they will now, we can confirm today, that they will play Holstein-Kiel in a two-legged playoff to decide who will either stay in the Bundesliga or who will be promoted to the Bundesliga. But what did you make of that one, Rory? Do you think Cologne deserved it in the end or was it a bit lucky? Um, I think... They deserve to win it on the balance of play. I think they are also fortunate that they were playing Schalke. Um, and obviously, in the prediction show that we did on, on Thursday, I said that Schalke might rock up and cause some, some issues based on their last two or three games that they'd thrown together. And they were a bit of a, um, a threat on the break. I think Matthew Hoppy had one or two chances um, that he might have wanted to do better with. But yeah, in general... Cologne were um, were in charge of the game and certainly possession. Um, they got uh, at times they got a bit panicky, uh, particularly after they had their first goal chalked off. Obviously for the offside slash foul, um, obviously could have been a huge moment that decision. Um, I think I think I guess it was just about the right decision um, mm -hmm. uh, on on looking at it uh, again. Um, while whilst I was watching it live, I thought that that was the wrong call, but I think in the end it was right. But the, once they got their composure back again, they were like, "We've still got 15 minutes here to get this goal. Pressure will tell." So they just started building attack after attack after attack. Uh, as you mentioned, chance after chance. Um, Max Mayer came on, had a really good half volley saved. Um, Farman in net was was obviously one of the best performers on the day, um, saving chance after chance. 
And um, I think you have to look again towards towards their captain, Jonas Hector, uh, mm. played really uh, calmly and coolly in, in advanced positions and, and played a few nice reverse passes um, that would eventually lead to, to their goal because um, it came from a chance then they kept it alive. Good um, good cross to the back stick uh, from Tielemann. Um And then, yeah, very nice header. Uh, obviously headed it down towards into the ground and then into the corner so that Farman uh, would not be able to save it. Um, and capturous celebrations at, at the end of the fact that they've obviously saved themselves for for now. Obviously, for now, yeah, they're, they're still here um, in the Bundesliga. Uh, in obviously the playoff place or the playoff match that traditionally uh, does obviously suit uh, or go in favour of the Bundesliga teams. And, you know, that, that's generally speaking for a reason because Cologne do have quality. Um, on the face of it, you think they've probably got the quality over Kiel. But yeah, two legs, generally speaking, the best team wins. So you'd favour the Bundesliga side. But it'd be great to see a, a new team in, in Kiel come up. Uh, obviously, they they're not been able to do the job on Sunday as we're recording now, uh, so they'll be guided. But I'm sure they can go again and and create create problems for for Cologne. Schalke season's now finally over. Um, they can obviously now just look towards the future and build in Spy Bundesliga as well. Um, and yeah, but you know some big some big hitters in that league. Uh, you know Schalke, Hamburg, Nelverde, not not forgetting your uh, your your team mark in the shape. <laughs> the of biggest of the lot. The biggest. The of biggest the of the lot. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it will be a hugely competitive league to get out of. So I'll certainly be watching that with interest as well. Yeah, I mean, especially obviously if Kiel beat Cologne as well, because you've got to remember Cologne is a big club. I mean, it's one of the yep. biggest cities in Germany, and it's like they have a lot of foreign fans as well, Cologne. They've got a bit of that kind of hipster image going about them. So, yep. I mean, it's another big club, you know. I mean, if they do go down in favour of Kiel who are minnows in, in relation, really. I mean, obviously, you've got a question also, is it, is it good for the Bundesliga to lose these teams? I mean, I, I as... Yeah, I agree with you, Rory. I do like, I'm someone that's always liked to see new teams. It's the same with the Premier League as well. I like to see new teams get promoted. But in terms of the Bundesliga as a brand, I mean, you've lost Schalke, who gets 60,000 every game, week in, week out. You've lost Bremen, who get 45, 50,000 every game. And then you could even potentially be losing Cologne, who get, what, 35, 40,000 a game as well, in, yeah. in favor of Furt, who's have a tiny stadium, which is about mm -hmm. 10, 12,000. Kiel, about the same and then Bochum which are like you know 20,000 roughly they're like similar size to kind of Bielefeld so I mean you've got to I'm not I think I'm pretty sure that the Bundesliga Chiefs will be like really hoping that Cologne do manage to beat uh, Holstein Kiel in this game but yeah. I mean as a neutral I would say that Cologne probably do just about deserve to stay up I mean they've taken 10 points from the last five games meanwhile Bremen only took one point during that time so they've overturned a nine you know what I mean they've, they've Gained nine points on uh, Bremen in the last five games. No one can really doubt they, they don't deserve to go down automatically, but we'll have to see if they can hold the nerve because a lot of it comes down to nerve in this two-legged playoff, you know, especially next year because it's going to be one of the hardest ever fighter leaguers that I can remember anyway. I mean, as you say, tons of big clubs down there. Obviously, a lot of other teams you like to do sold off. Don't forget them, another big club, you know. Yep. So, yeah, Hanover could potentially spend... So, yeah, I mean, it's good. It's massive that Cologne win this. They badly need to win this. Otherwise, they could end up getting themselves dragged down into the second league for a few years in the future. 
Okay, so talking of teams who won't be playing in the second league, I mean, what a season it's been for both of these clubs, really. But obviously, most of the attention this particular week is on the away side. Armenia Bielefeld, they've done the impossible. They had it in their own hands going into this week against a Stuttgart side who had relatively little to play for, although they did play a strong side. Mm. We did see a few teams, the likes of Frankfurt, Freiburg, rested a few players this weekend, but not for Stuttgart. They wanted that win to try and challenge for the Conference League, yeah. but it wasn't to be as Bielefeld with only incredibly only 26 goals from 34 games, stay up and uh, finishing fourth from bottom this season in 15th place. But I mean, as for the game itself, obviously, I think one of the big moments was obviously Kaladzic thought he'd given Stuttgart the lead. If that goes in, relatively early well it was in the first half you know yeah. so i mean if you go behind then then you're thinking you know you probably lose the game realistically and then obviously other teams get a chance but i mean yeah obviously it, for the second half was just perfect for bielefeld rory it was yeah and obviously big moment in the first half the goal being chalked off um Bohan, um was obviously unlucky not not to um mm to get his, well, for his effort not to go in in the first half as well. But, yeah, obviously two two crucial bits of play in the second half. Firstly, off um, the penalty. Um, so, obviously, it, you know, pretty silly challenge to be making by by the Stuttgart defender. But, yeah, fairly clean cut to me. Um, and, yeah, huge moment for, for the captain close. Um, obviously not been his season in terms of goal scoring, um, but fair play to him to say, yeah, I'm still the man. Um, I'll, you know, I'll take the responsibility on my shoulders and, and do this for my club. And, he, you know, he did it a lot better than he did a few weeks ago. I think he did miss a penalty um, yeah. two weeks ago or more. Um, yeah. But I don't think it mattered in that game. But, yeah, so, yeah, huge, huge moment for them. Um, and you know, could they could well have sat back after that and, and you know, just taken one nil, maybe made it a lot more nervy and and you know, made you know, made room for Stuttgart to then come back into it and get a goal or two because they you know, with the form that Kalizic is in, he only needs a sniff, doesn't he? Um, yeah. so. Uh, the probably their best player of the season. Well, I say best player. I think Ortega is probably their best player. Yeah. But Ritsu Doan, um, lovely bit of play. He starts the move wide out, plays it into the box, gets the ball on the return. Lovely feet into the area, takes his time and finishes uh, down at the near post to make it two 0 and pretty much confirm their survival. Um, lovely, lovely goal. Lovely bit of play. Um, I think obviously one of the things that they need to do on their summer to-do list is to sign uh, Ritsu Doan on a permanent deal. Uh, he's on loan from PSV, I think it is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that would be a, a good bit of business for them. Uh, whether they have the financial clout to do so is another thing. Um, but obviously we'll, we'll watch that with interest. But speaking of financial clout and, and just the season in general, what a superb achievement for, for Bielefeld to survive. Uh, as you mentioned, especially with the lack of goals they've scored, um, you have to look at how well they've fronted up in every game. They've only really been put to the sword maybe two, three times. I know an informed Frankfurt side put five past yeah. them. And Gladbach maybe, a few weeks ago as well, I think. Yeah, Gladbach, yeah, I suppose. So, I mean, like, look at the 3-3 draw with Bayern back yeah. uh, back in Jan January, February it was. Um, mm. Something like that anyway. But um, so, I mean, what a superb 
first season it's you know, well not first season but season it's been uh for them you know completely outnumbered in terms of the financial game uh in the league and obviously a very stark difference towards stuttgart being promoted um they would have had ambition stuttgart to be safe not comfortably but at least achieve that with the the history and the money that stuttgart have and they've done that as well um but yeah, it is a huge achievement for them to do so. Can they build on that um, and you know keep on keep on building season on season? It will be difficult because there are a lot of uh, competitive you know clubs that are wanting to be in the Bundesliga all the time. We've already mentioned three, three or four that are in five Bundesliga next season. So they've got a battle on their hands for sure. But they they should revel in the achievement that that they've done this season at, at the very least. Yeah, I mean, as you say, like often in the Bundesliga, like in the Premier League, we always talk about second syndrome, but in, in the Bundesliga, it's often first season syndrome. So, I mean, historically, teams that do stay up one year, they often have long stints in the league. I mean, just look at some of the teams now. Mainz have been in there since, I think, 2007 or eight. Augsburg since about 2010. I mean, these are sides that are no bigger than Bielefeld, really. Do you yeah. know what I mean? In terms of the club and history. So, I mean, if they can do it, why can't Bielefeld? You know, especially if you look at some of the sides that have come up this year they weren't the likes of Bolcom and Furt certainly weren't the favorites to get promoted that's for sure this year potentially Kiel as well you know so I mean yeah there, there are going to be hopes realistically that they can push on they're still going to be one of the favorites next year to go down but I would imagine that Bolcom and uh, Furt will both be further in the in the betting than they are so I mean you know and obviously if Kiel come up then they'll probably be favorites to stay up in that case so I mean <laughs> You know, this is massive for Bielefeld. It's always hard for teams to stay up the first year. We saw what happened with Paderborn last year, which is a similar kind of size of club to Bielefeld. They, they fought hard, but they ended up getting like 19 points or something like that. So, I mean, you see how hard it is for these kind of sides to stay up. I mean, they've done it. It's a massive achievement. If you look at the sides that have finished below them, you know, big clubs, really big clubs. Schalke, Werder and Cologne, much bigger clubs than they are with bigger budgets and everything. So, I mean, fair play to Bielefeld. This, for me, is up maybe they're my team of the season, in all honesty, you know, to do that. Nobody gave them a chance, so 10 out of 10. Also, let's not forget Stuttgart, as you say. They finished in the top half. Unbelievable achievement for a newly promoted side these days in the Bundesliga. So fair play to them. Probably the second half was nowhere near as good as the first half, let's be honest. The first half of the season, I thought, the, obviously when Stilas was on his top form, that was when they were really, really hitting the straps. Second half, it was a little bit more uh, Kaladzic based, which obviously is such a six foot seven, like, guy like him is a lot more aerial based set piece kind of base with Souza whipping in those balls yeah but i mean brilliant season i would say it's been a season of two halves from them they can be very very happy with themselves top half finish next year with a with a few good signings could potentially push for that top seven spot okay and talking of top seven spots i mean union berlin let's look no further than them i mean if you're looking for team of the season this year look no further than Union Berlin, you know, I mean, seventh spot with their kind of budget is just an absolutely massive achievement. 
and they did it in style, didn't they? I mean, obviously, uh, Nkunku's excellent through ball. I don't quite know what the goalkeeper was doing there. Came flying out, and then obviously Clive with his second goal in two games, taking it round the goalkeeper and tapping in comfortably. Then obviously they, they knew they had to get the win because Gladbach were already what four 0 up when they were already losing, so they had yeah. a big kind of ask. They knew they had to get the goals, and obviously with the fans backing them on, they managed to do that, didn't they, Rory? Well, they did, yeah. Um, hugely, hugely impressive um, second half performance, particularly. Um, obviously, they they were in possession at the start of play, but hosting um, an RB Leipzig side that have got a huge amount of uh, financial clout and, and talent behind them. The last game, of uh, of course, was Julian Nagelsmann at the helm. Um, so RB would have wanted to go out with a bang themselves. Um, and obviously, you know, went about it the right way. They looked they look dangerous and obviously got, got themselves ahead um, because of the, the second goal for, uh, in as many games for Justin Cliver. And... Uh, the way they responded, Union was was superb. Um, obviously, they got themselves back into the game after um, the equaliser from Friedrich. Um, but yeah, it was just the perfect way for their season to end, wasn't it? The perfect man in the perfect place um, to finish off uh, with with his header, um, 90, 90 plus two minutes on the clock to to knock out Gladbach from their Europa Conference League. Uh, base and um to to have themselves some some european football next season obviously in in a bit of an unknown quantity we won't know how successful or how popular this conference league will be in the future or how long it will last for but you know the the dividends that they'll get financially for it i presume will be significant for them um i think it probably raises a few question marks as to you know how how they go about next season they'll need to strengthen their squad uh they'll need to give it a bit more depth um and i think there's also a few question marks about their stadium and if it complies mm. with uefa mm. um so there might be a bit of stadium sharing going on with her yeah. to berlin potentially i've seen um so that yeah that'll be interesting for sure um going on for next season um i'm not sure how well that will be received from both sets of fans, actually. Um, but if it has to be done, uh, it has to be done. Um, but yeah, superb achievement from the club to put in um, to put in the performance they have done and come seventh with with all those sort of big hitters around them and to you know like two two points behind Bayer Leverkusen who were top of the league, you know, who, you know, mm. just before Christmas. Um, Beating Leipzig, I mean, they've beaten pretty much everyone, haven't they, up and around the top. Um, they've been a pleasure to watch. They've got themselves going just at the perfect time as well. It looked like their season was petering out a little bit, um, but they've timed their uh, the final sprint perfectly, got, got that kind of um, toughness back into their system. Cruiser came back at a really important time as well for them. Um, but... Obviously, the story is far bigger than just Max Cruiser, but he'll certainly get the headlines for a fantastic uh, last-minute header and a superb performance and a superb season. 
Yeah, I mean, before I was talking about Bielefeld, like, uh, as in they could potentially even push forward next season. I mean, look, at Union is a perfect kind of example for them. I mean, they obviously, this is only their second year in the Bundesliga, you know, and only their second in their history in the Bundesliga as well. So, I mean, let, let's put credit on their name, you know. I mean, not not to be bragging too much, you know, but I did, if, if some of you guys remember, I did predict them to have a good season as well. And everyone was looking at me like, are you mad or something? Like, I, I watched a lot of other predictions and people were putting them in the bottom three, bottom two even, and at very best, bottom four or five, you know. But yeah. I, I saw enough in them last season at the end, because if I don't know if you remember, guys, but they started very, very poorly last season and came on really, really well. And then I think, yeah, I mean, I, I really like some of the signings, you know, no, no more than Max Cruz. I thought he was a fantastic signing for him. He'd had a little stint at Fenerbahce in Turkey. And obviously for people that have followed the Bundesliga for a long time, he's a bit of a Bundesliga legend, really, Max Cruiser. He's like one of those, like a Lars Stindl kind of guy, you know, who's just been there and done everything really in the Bundesliga. And yeah, I mean, I thought he was a great signing and he's been brilliant, you know. I mean, he's got, what, 12, 13 goals despite missing, I think, seven or eight games through injury. And it's not only his goals, but it's just his leadership, his quality. He's just done a bit of everything, you know. Yeah. I think he's had a brilliant season. There's been so many. I mean, Trimmel just seems to get an assist every game, doesn't he? I mean, what a season. He's he's not far off my team of the season, Trimmel, to be honest with you. I think yeah. he's had a brilliant season. Friedrich as well, another brilliant season. Obviously, a one year he had that period around Christmas when he was banging goals in. I think he got an injury, which kind of ruled him out towards yeah. the end of the season. But then obviously Becker coming back as well, getting the assist for the final goal. It's a, it's a true team, this Union Berlin side. You know, this is... And we also talked a lot, I think we talked on the Berlin derby, that Berlin needs a team playing European football, you know, and that's what they're going to get now. It's not the team that we would have expected. Everyone had the money on Hertha Berlin to be in and around that top six this year, but no, it's Union. And as Rory said, I don't know if this Conference League is going to be successful, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's Union Berlin putting Berlin on the map in Europe, and that's a massive achievement very, very well done to everyone concerned with Union. One of the teams of the season. As for Leipzig, obviously, uh, Nagelsmann moves on. Again, another side that kind of faded a little bit when the announcer, the manager, was leaving. Obviously, not really the best finish, getting battered in the cup final and then taking only, what, one point from the last three games in the league. So, yeah, not the best finish for them. But, I mean, yeah, second place, probably a good season overall for Leipzig. Okay, so let, let's go and uh, round up the, the rest of the game. So obviously we had a 3-1 win for Dortmund over Leverkusen. I mean, the main thing here, Dortmund finishing third, despite, uh, I mean, what a lot of people said was a poor season. They only finished one point behind Leipzig, incredibly, as well. I mean, I think it was definitely a case of disaster, crisis averted for Dortmund in the end, Rory. It was, yeah. Um, it could have been significantly worse. Obviously, we know that the managerial change happened when it, uh, when it happened, uh, Terzic also came in, um, as we kind of alluded to, as a bit of a slow burner. Um, but then he did obviously get get things going, form um, started to pick up. Uh, it made a few big kind of decisions, obviously, for one kind of thing, bringing in bringing Dahoud back into the side. Yeah. Uh, he obviously was a big success. Um Harland obviously got himself fit again and it's been a mean machine. The return of Sancho um, from that injury obviously has come back refreshed. 
Uh, Royce's return to form has been superb. He's picked up where a lot of these, you know, obviously you've got Thorgan Hazard, you've got Gio Reyna, who's supposed to be the new kids on the block. But Marco Royce showed him that, you know, I can still play. And, you know, probably would have been going to the Euros if he didn't pull out contention as well, because, yeah. you know, he's resting up the body for another big season with Dortmund. And so... Yeah, comfortable win in the end. Another two goals for Haaland. Um, first one, a typical Haaland finish. He was a narrow angle, really, when he's played through and he just powers it so hard. Bottom corner, great accuracy um, for 1-0. Sec uh, his second goal was a bit of a gift. I don't know what Wendell is doing with that <laughs> offensive free kick. Pings it straight into Haaland's feet. He's like the perfect assist and he rounds the keeper and puts it in. Um, and then... Obviously, um, we've not really mentioned this yet because I don't think we've covered many teams who have had uh, players leaving the Bundesliga or generally mm. retiring. So we've obviously got Piszczek uh, for Dortmund. He's he's finishing his career. So that, obviously that was sad. Uh, it's the end of the Bender brothers. Uh, both Lars and Sven have, have obviously called, called it quits on their uh, careers. And Lars was able to score a last-minute penalty, which is a nice touch, obviously, for him. Uh, it looked like Berkey didn't even bother to dive, to be, <laughs> to be honest. So he probably wanted to lay yeah, it out yeah. it. Uh, as a, um, so, yeah, great, great careers, uh, both both the Bender brothers and, of course, Pichek was, was superb um, for Dortmund. So, uh, yeah, good win. And, th yeah, third place, a point off RB and the Pokal. Yeah, good season in the end for Dortmund, amazingly. Yeah, maybe a little bit surprising, as you say, about the Bender brothers, because, I mean, Lars is only 32 as well. He's only just turned 32 as well, so I'm yeah. a little bit surprised. But it, it does seem to be a trend with German players that they don't like to go on very long. I remember Philipp Lahm, I think, packed in at 32 as well. I think uh, there's been a few down the years that, that didn't go on. I mean, you see a lot of footballers nowadays going well into the 30s, don't you? I mean, uh, obviously, Messi, Ronaldo are well into the 30s now, and they show no sign of uh, quitting. Obviously, Ibrahimovic is 40 now, I think, yeah. or 39 or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit surprising to see because he was still a... But I think the German players, they like to finish on a high. I think that's the key. And I think, yeah, both yeah. of those guys, obviously Pizczek as well, a legend of the Champions League run as well. Sven Bender obviously used to play for uh, Dortmund as well, let's remember. So, yeah, obviously Lars spending most of his career at, at, at and But, yeah, I mean, great careers for all three of those guys, I think. Okay, moving on. So, yeah, we got obviously a Frankfurt making a few changes. Obviously, Freiburg also making a few changes in there. We saw a few uh, new faces. But, I mean, probably the big news is uh, obviously Andre Silva getting his 28th goal of the season, beating incredibly Erling Haaland, Haaland, who got 27 goals this season in the league. What a season for him. I think his celebration showed a bit of frustration as well. It looked like a man who's not happy with the result of the season. Obviously, Frankfurt only finishing fifth when they should be playing Champions League, let's be honest. We all know that. They've only got themselves to blame and probably the managerial situation as well. But, I mean, yeah, do you, Andre Silva, do you think he's on his way at the end of the season? It depends how much money they're able to get for him and then if someone can afford him. Um, in terms of teams in Germany, I can't see anyone coming in for, for Silva. I mean, having said that, he might suit someone like RB Leipzig who don't really have an out-and-night strike, strike, who we, we always say, if they had X, Y and Z, they'd probably be mm. up there challenging Bayern properly. Who knows? Is Andre Silva the answer to that question? 
maybe maybe not obviously there's been uh, admiration for silver across europe um obviously my boys united have been linked to him as well in england um i personally having obviously watched the bundesliga and, and silver season so far would be happy with that um don't think he's necessarily the answer to all of united's problems but yeah, he could, if he tries to manufacture a move is another question, I guess. Um, I don't know how happy he is, but, I mean, what a season he's put together at the club. Um, really enjoyed watching Frankfurt all season. Um, they've really been po a positive uh, aspect of the Bundesliga. They've showed some seriously uh, good games of football, great creative ways of, of manipulating defences, um, some kind of funky... Uh, formations they've played throughout the season took a while for them to quite get set. I think they had a few early draws here and there, didn't yeah. they? But yeah, um, on the face of it, should be playing Champions League football, yeah, as we mentioned. But things have gone wrong in that regard. So, Europa League football, let's hope they can keep a hold of most of their team. Um, obviously, Silver again making the headlines 28 league goals, brilliant. Uh, but he's been well supported by a lot of players. Um, you know, Kamada, Kostic, Jovic has had an impact. Units, mm -hmm. solid midfield, solid defence, everything else. You know what I mean? So, yeah, solid season for Frankfurt. Just a shame that they'll look at it at maybe a missed opportunity. Absolutely, yeah. And obviously, talking of strikers who achieved the goals, I mean, Kramerich with the last-minute goal, taking him to 20 league goals for the season. I mean, we always talk about the Bundesliga being like famous for really good strikers and prolific strikers. Another one there, Hoffenheim have got in Kramerich. I mean, another player that could potentially be poached uh, in the summer by the likes of uh, some of the bigger clubs. But I Again, I think he, he will uh, kind of demand quite a big transfer fee. I mean, obviously, Hoffenheim, not a team that is struggling financially. They can afford to ask for probably 25, 30 million, which is pretty big money for the Bundesliga. I mean, but yeah, obviously, Hertha Berlin, their, their seven-match unbeaten run coming to an end. Another big point, Sami Kadir, I mean, World Cup winner, great career again. Obviously, Juventus player, Stutt he even won the league with Stuttgart back yeah. in the day as well, I think in 2007 or eight. So yeah, another great career. Pity kind of went on a bit of a, a quiet note really, but I mean, he achieved mm. his goal with, he was brought in to keep Hertha Berlin in the division and he managed to do that, Rory. Yeah, he did. Uh, sad to see another famous face um, call, call it time on, on their careers. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a great shame that we haven't got uh, full capacity stadiums. Um, you know, a full full capacity Olymp Olympic Stadion would uh, would have been a nice picture for Kadira to go off, you know, with 10 minutes to go or something like that and get a standing ovation. Um, but not to be. And yeah, he's had to call it quits. Uh, so that's a shame. But Hoffenheim got the win in the end. So yeah, safe season for them in the end after a bit of a flirt with relegation, but never anything too serious, uh, as serious, of course, of Hertha experience themselves. Um, but yeah, uh, obviously on the game, Kramerich adding, uh, you know, a, la a late a late winner because they're late winners everywhere, really, wasn't there? Um so for them to get a good solid win, Hertha will have to look at uh, themselves seriously, though, for next season. They were way too close to relegation for, for comfort and and will need to build on that. Uh, you know, they've got, like you said, plenty of plenty of things going for them. So there's no reason why they shouldn't be nearer to their uh, 
City rivals in, in the shape of Union. So disappointing seasons for both, but I wouldn't be surprised if they both went a bit better next season. Um, especially Hoffenheim won't have the distractions of the Europa League, so they might be able to put put toward, uh, put together a, a more um, consistent season if, of course, they keep a hold of Cranbridge and maybe build on that a little bit more. And another striker who can get you know, 10, 10 goals in a league season would be useful. Bebu is a bit too wasteful for me. So, uh, yeah, plenty to do for both teams in maybe the summer transfer window. Yeah, definitely couldn't agree more with uh, the sense of underachievement, but ultimately both safe and sound and will join us on next year's Bundesliga show. So, yeah, I mean, finishing up with two really entertaining games as well. I mean, Mainz uh, with uh, another... We thought that they might finish on two defeats, but it wasn't to be for them, was it? We're getting another very impressive win against admittedly lethargic Wolfsburg, I think, who had absolutely nothing to play for, really, in this game. But, I mean, Mainz under Bo's fence, and what a season it's been. You know, obviously, Boetius getting them off to the start for, from a... Barrero assist. I mean, Barrero for me has been one of the, the stars of their resurgence, really. An excellent attacking midfielder in there. Then, obviously, um, yeah, I mean, well, what did you make of the rest of this game then, Rory, from, from the equaliser onwards? Yeah, a nice equaliser, actually. A um, bit of um, creativity from, from Maximilian Philip to, to equalise, as you mentioned. Um, and there, yeah, it was an exciting game from there on in, really. Um, so Mines were able to establish their, their lead again uh, as Quazon um, kind of scooped in a rebound from, from an attack uh, from on Siwoo, uh, his original effort being saved. Uh, and then a lovely goal, actually, to make it 2-2 from Yao Victor, uh, the substitute, a lovely curling effort from about 30, 20, well, 28-ish yards out, I guess. Really nice effort to make it 2-2. Maybe thinking, oh, well, Wolfsburg might go on go on strong from here on in. But um, it was Bell from from across, I think, a cross or a corner from uh, Fernandez. Um, got up well to, to, to meet it. So that's 3-2 and another amazing victory for Mines. Yeah, uh, finishing 12th. Um, who knows where they might have finished if they'd had, uh, you know, the man in charge, in from the start, uh, superb, superb um, kind of return and in terms of points per game as well. Um, since he's come here into the club, they looked down and out, didn't they? Uh, one of the great escapes, and not just for the fact that they escaped, uh, you know, by the skin of their teeth, but the fact that they did it with relative ease in the end. You know, finishing twelfth you know, miles away from any sort of trouble in the end. You think if you looked at a final league table and, you, and you're like, oh, mines were in loads of trouble, you wouldn't believe you wouldn't believe anyone if you hadn't seen the story of the season because you're like, yeah, 12 positions really comfortable. So superb job, uh, great game of football and mines would be hoping for a really strong season next season, I'm sure. Yeah, I think one of the problems for Mines could be that a few of those players could potentially get snapped up, to be honest with you, because they're a very, the famous Mines for being like a bit of a, a feeder club in some ways, you know, I mean, they, they buy very, very young, obscure players and quite often turn them into like very, very decent, decent professionals, you know. Obviously, they've managed to keep the likes of Quazon, who before this season, I would have said was the main man, but I mean, he's had a bit of a peripheral role really this season. I would say the main men have been Barrero, Boetius has been excellent. Obviously, Jerry St. Just as well, called up to the Netherlands national team, which is a massive achievement really, you know, amongst other players as well. 
I mean, it's been a great season in the end for them, really, hasn't it? I mean, they've actually they improved on last season's points total as well. They got three points more than what they did last year. So what an achievement, really, for them. And Bo Svensson, he could be the one they really want to keep more than anyone because, I mean, surely teams, surely some of the likes of uh, the, the teams that have still yet to find a manager are going to be looking at him, you know, and thinking, you know, if he can do that for mine, then what can he do for us? So... I mean, yeah, good season for them in the end and doing it while playing entertaining, attacking football as well, which is really nice to see. Okay, and then where better place to finish than obviously uh, one of the biggest records ever to be broken in Bundesliga history. 40 goals from Gerd Müller, one of the greatest ever goal scorers in football history. It was broken. It, it was an incredible game because I was following this game while watching the relegation fight matches. And I was just like, I was seeing the goals flying in for Bayern. I was like, where's Lewandowski's goal, you know? Yeah. I mean, usually when Bayern get four goals, go four nil ahead, you can guarantee that at least like two or three are going to be Lewandowski, you know? Mm -hmm. But it wasn't in this case, you know? And then obviously Augsburg, they start, they pull a couple of goals back. And then lo and behold, the last kick of the game, the goalkeeper spills. I mean, I wouldn't say it was a terrible mistake, but maybe it was a little bit helpful for Lewandowski. Really, spilled it right into his path, and he just tapped it round the keeper and put it in for goal number forty-one of the Bundesliga season, and the the world record of the Bundesliga for the top goal scorer. Did you think it's deserved, Rory? Yeah, absolutely. I think sometimes you just have to revel in the greatness that that you have. Uh, uh, that you know in, in the league that you watch and 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 love basically. Um, I think when when I was doing the the interview with Derek with Derek Ray actually, like he he was kind of re referring to how he grew up with Gert Muller and how he never kind of enjoyed it and realised how great a player he was at the time and and how you kind of now got to realise you've got one of the one of the great strikers playing in the Bundesliga and he's, you know, he's gone on and achieved this amazing feat, which you, you can just imagine never would have been broken. Um, and if he keeps on going from strength to strength, which he seems to be, who's saying that he doesn't get 42 next season? Yeah. Um, he, he has been incredible. Uh, obviously a huge reason why Bayern have retained their, their title. Uh, with regards to the game itself. Yeah. Bayern did the, did the damage early doors. Um, could have been any number of players scoring. Kimmich's third goal was a beauty. Um, some lovely kind of crosses and, and low, dangerous kind of balls in from Bayern, from, from Gnabry and Sane and Komen. They're all getting in on the act. Um, so, it, yeah, it could have been any one of number of players who scored in that first half. Lewandowski, on another day, should have, well, he should have scored at least three, I think. Yeah. Uh, he was—he probably was panicked by the record. Let, let's be honest. There, there were players trying to find him left, right, and centre, which is sometimes working against him because he was basically being man-marked. Um, mm. Maybe obviously just professional courtesy from the other team, Augsburg, trying to, you know, keep him keep him honest. Um, so could have had a few more, but yeah, perfect way to end the season. The the shot from Sane, well, it was hit hard. So yeah, the keeper spilt it into the path of. And at the end of the day, you you have to be Lewandowski, you know, have to be so switched on to be the person in that position, to be on side, to be able to react straight away. That is just why he's such a good striker, because he's always expecting the ball to come mm. his way or yeah. not to just come his way, but for something to happen. And he creates that goal. And another day, if he's if he's not fussed or he's not asked, 
keeper spills it, then he just jumps onto it. No one thinks anything of it. But the fact that he wanted it that much means that he creates the goal himself. So, you know, it just makes the record even more impressive that way. Um, so great way to end the season. Great way, great way to kind of end our show, I guess, by, by summing up a fantastic record and a fantastic striker. Great season for Bayern in the end. Um, I guess it's the obligatory title right now. Let, let's hope we get a bit more of a stern challenge for the next season. Uh, right, right now it's hard to see, uh, but let's let's cross our fingers. Um, but yeah, great game of football. Augsburg played their part, of course. A um, couple of well, a nice header from um, from a set piece and, and Niederlechter's uh, goal, and they missed a penalty, so it could have been yeah. close, I guess. Um, but yeah, great game of football, and it's yeah, it's been a pleasure to watch all all season, really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a it was a classic Bundesliga weekend to finish here. Really, you know, you got a five-two, a four-two, a three-two. I mean, you never short goals in the Bundesliga, are you? It's been a, it's been a great season. I've really enjoyed covering it, entertaining right up until the last day. As you say, pity there wasn't more of a title race. But I mean, admittedly, I think with what there was still only four points in it with like five or six games to go. So before Bayern just kind of pulled away with a good run at the end when when Leipzig. Uh, fell apart but yeah i mean it's been great obviously congratulations to buying commiserations to schalke and Werder, who will play in the second league next year and obviously we'll have to see whether cologne can complete their uh, great escape by beating holstein kiel over two legs but just to finish with um yeah i mean obviously the hero and zero of the week I, i've got to give the hero to uh, sebastian bernal i mean not a man that we've mentioned a lot at all over the season but he's been a solid defender for cologne and obviously pops up with one of the big goals of the season at the end of the day if he doesn't score that goal five minutes later cologne are relegated and we'll be planning for a season in the second division now so i mean someone has to pop up in those moments and he did for Cologne. It's a massive goal. And they will be favourites now to maintain their status as a Bundesliga club. Rory, do you want to bring on the zero? Yeah, the zero. I mean, ju just as an overall performance and, and kind of summing up two years worth of zero-ness uh, is, yeah, is Werder Bremen. Um, yeah, they've just been a bit of a disaster from, from start to finish. Um, capitulating, obviously, in this game, despite the two goals making it look a bit more pretty than it actually was. Um, yeah, lacks goals, lacks imagination. The manager suffered as a result, um, and they look like they've got an awful lot of work to do in Spire Bundesliga next season. Um, so, yeah, so that rounds up the zero and the hero uh, for the entire season. So just looking ahead uh, to the next few weeks worth of work for me and Mark with regards to the Bundesliga show. So first and foremost, we're not done just yet. You've got a little bit of enjoyment out of us just yet. We've got a few things that we're working on. Uh, we'll probably do a bit of an end of um, end of season review show. Uh, whether we split that into one or two shows, we will, of course, let you know. Uh, we're going to be filming an awards evening. Uh, so we'll do, you know, all the regular sort of uh, team of the season, best player and a few extra kind of funny ones as well for your enjoyment. And um, and we've got a uh, uh, we're going to do a, an end of season Q&A live session as well. So that's literally questions on anything and everything. Uh, so we'll advertise that on Twitter during the week so you can ping all your questions in and you can do it when we go live as well um and then yeah that, that, that's pretty much it obviously 
don't forget that we did a recent um, interview with, with Derek Ray, so that's legendary commentator of the Bundesliga and, of course, FIFA commentator on the last three games. Um, I was able, I was lucky enough to have a bit of time with him last week, so we dropped that video on Friday. So that's on the channel uh, right now. So yeah, don't don't miss out on that. Really interesting insights from from Derek. All things Bundesliga in relation to managerial buyout clauses as well, which I found really interesting, and a bit of personal stuff about him as well, which is brilliant. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much us for for now. So I'll hand over to Mark to, to finish off. Yeah, so for the last time in the reviews until obviously September, so or the end of August, I think this season starts, next season starts. But yeah, I mean, obviously, check out at Over the Bar FB on the Twitter. I mean, as you say, as Rory said, we've got the Derek Ray show, which is like a really, really big breakthrough. Uh, yeah, remember to watch that and uh, see what you think. It's really interesting. I can I can say categorically, it was uh, I enjoyed watching that on Friday. Yeah, obviously check out the League One show as well. Obviously the season's finished over there, but we got like all the the whole season's worth of reviews on that. I think they still have plans over there on doing a few things as well to finish off the season, the end of the playoffs. Yeah, and obviously check out our otbfootball.net, which is the main site. So yeah, so that's it for the reviews. I mean, thirty-four weeks. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. We hope you guys have enjoyed it. It's been a great season, and yeah, remember to look out for what we got coming for you over the next couple of weeks before the Euros, obviously as well. So yeah, that's it from us. Our feeders in choose. Thanks, son.